Here's your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. Chad Leith, Washington Courthouse, Ohio. Started drinking at a very young age. I was probably 13, 14. Got three sisters, two older sisters, which which, uh, that's who I got to buy my alcohol for me. Started drinking and... uh, when I got a little older, I started hanging out with people that was, you know, doing drugs. And alcohol was really only my main thing I was addicted to. I did that one shot in my arm of heroin, and I realized, you know, that was just time to get help. And that's when uh, I found my relatives that's been through the refuge, uh, Corey Sword. Uh, he's been through the refuge, and he sat me down and talked to me and told me how good the refuge was and how it did for him. And now he owns two businesses. and. I knew I wanted to be something like him, and you know I was tired of uh, my family disowning me, and so I decided to go. And the refuge, man, it's an awesome place. You go on hikes, you meet new brothers. It's a good, good place to be and to know God. But uh, before I went to the refuge, you know I, I didn't know anything about him. Now I know so much, and uh, it's just a real good place to be. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 29, through chapter 22, verse 13. We'll see here today that Jesus told the disciples to keep a constant watch for his return. Now, although nearly 2,000 years have passed since he spoke these words, their truth remains. Christ is coming again, and we need to watch and be spiritually fit. This means working faithfully at the tasks God has given us. Don't let your mind and spirit be dulled by careless living, drinking, or foolishly pursuing pleasure. Don't let the cares of this life weigh you down. Be ready to move at God's command. Only days after telling the disciples to pray that they might escape persecution, Jesus himself asks God to spare him the agonies of the cross if that was God's will. You know, it's abnormal to want to suffer. But as Jesus' followers, we must be willing to suffer if by doing so, we can help build God's kingdom. We have two wonderful promises to help us as we suffer. God will always be with us, and He will one day rescue us and give us eternal life. All Jewish males over the age of 12 were required to go to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, which was followed by a seven-day celebration called the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Now, for these festivals, Jews from all over the Roman Empire would converge on Jerusalem to celebrate one of the most important events in their history. And we'll also read here today in the New Testament that Satan's part in the betrayal of Jesus does not remove any of the responsibility from Judas, disillusioned because Jesus was talking about dying rather than about setting up his kingdom. Judas may have been trying to force Jesus' hand and make him use his power to prove that he was the Messiah. Or perhaps Judas, not understanding Jesus' mission, no longer believed that Jesus was God's chosen one. Well, whatever Judas thought, Satan assumed that Jesus' death would end his mission and thwart God's plan. Well, like Judas, he did not know that Jesus' death and resurrection were the most important parts of God's plan all along. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. April 23rd, the New Testament, Luke chapter 21, verse 29, through chapter 22, verse 13. Then he gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree, or any other tree. When the leaves come out, 
you know without being told that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Watch out! Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness, and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times, and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Every day Jesus went to the temple to teach, and each evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. The crowds gathered at the temple early each morning to hear him. The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and teachers of religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted, and they promised to give him money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus, so they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal, so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? they asked him. He replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Psalm 90, verse 1, through chapter 91, verse 16. Here's a brief commentary on what we'll be reading about here today. Moses reminds us that a thousand years are like a day to the Lord. You know, God's not limited by time. It's easy to get discouraged when years pass and the world doesn't get any better. We sometimes wonder if God is able to see the future. But don't assume that God has our limitations. God is completely unrestricted by time. Because He is eternal, we can depend on Him. God knows all our sins as if they were spread out before Him, even the secret ones. We don't need to cover up our sins before Him because we can talk openly and honestly with Him. But while He knows all that terrible information about us, God still loves us and wants to forgive us. And this should really encourage us to come to Him rather than frighten us into covering up our sin. See, realizing that life is short helps us use the little time we have more wisely and for eternal good. So take time to number your days by asking, What do I want to see happen in my life before I die? What small step could I take toward that purpose today? Psalm chapter 90, verse 1, through chapter 91, verse 16. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, through all the generations you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. For you a thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. You sweep people away like dreams that disappear. 
They are like grass that springs up in the morning. In the morning it blooms and flourishes, but by evening it is dry and withered. We wither beneath your anger. We are overwhelmed by your fury. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to eighty. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear, and we fly away. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. O Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see you work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us His approval, and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Proverbs chapter 13 Verses 24 and 25. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. The godly eat to their heart's content, but the belly of the wicked goes hungry. this boat of men under the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is 
and he's holding out his hand. But the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you never win. You never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to.
morning, gentlemen. I'm excited for this weekend at the celebration that we are going to have to to honor some men that have been faithful, that have been committed, that have fought through some uh, definite battles through the time staying through the refuge. But we get to have a celebration time this weekend at the church on the west side uh, just to honor men where honor is due. And, and these men that have been through this refuge, we know all of us that's in it currently and have come through that it is not an easy task to follow the Lord. And as we battle the things and thoughts of our minds, as we battle the outside worlds and circumstances and just all the things around us, and most importantly, our own thinking, um, I just want to commend you men that have completed and that will be honored and uh, just say thank you for being an example of Jesus Christ, of, of being faithful, of being committed to the task, and also of being great witnesses for the men around you, the men behind you, and truly the people that you touch, your families and all those that are watching. And, and I just want to say again, I appreciate you and I love you. God bless. Day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire, will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. So open up the head. We wanna see you.
today's In Touch Devotion. Today's scripture reading is verses 20 and 21 of 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good, right, and true before the Lord his God. Every work which he began in the service of the house of God, in law and in commandment, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. King Hezekiah of Judah served the Lord faithfully. He was committed to righteous living and intentionally pursued that course for most of his life. He sought God devotedly, and the Lord prospered him. God wants to be intimately connected with us, like a father and child who share deep mutual love. The Christian's desire to seek the Lord should be characterized by wholeheartedness. When we approach God's Word with a distracted mind or pray with our focus drifting to other topics, we have a divided heart. The Lord desires our full attention. He wants us to keep Him in first place, giving Him priority above everything else important to us. Diligence We should have a sense of devotion to God and give careful attention to what He is saying. This requires an unwavering effort to understand how God operates and what He wants us to do. Persistence Seeking the Lord is to be a continual, sustained effort toward deeper intimacy and involvement in His work. Confidence We need to believe that God wants us to know Him and that He desires the best for us. Trust is an essential component of confidence. And Humility we are totally dependent on God for everything in life, and He's pleased when we approach Him humbly. When our hearts yearn for God, He delights in blessing us with a deepening relationship with Him. Make an honest assessment of how earnestly you're seeking Him. Cursing memories forever seeping through. Oh, my thirst for myself left me wanting more till I found myself face down on your shore. You say, Come to the Come to the river 
The Lared Business Network, in association with the Refuge Ministries, presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement. John, this is the principle of ambition, and it's based on Proverbs 10, verse 5. A wise youth makes hay while the sun shines, but what a shame to see a lad who sleeps away his hour of opportunity. So we're going to learn about opportunity and ambition, huh? That's right. The opportunities are only fulfilled and are valuable only if you have ambition. So we got to find out what drives ambition, what resurrects ambition in a person, and then what happens to opportunities. So it's going to be an interesting discussion here. Very good. Let's visit our principal. One of the first signs of successful people is ambition. They are usually known as hard workers, always concerned about getting things done. Because of their ambition, they see opportunities and are always trying to make hay while the sun shines. They know that the sun will not always shine for them, so they take advantage of opportunities while they are available. Ambitious people will not sleep away their best time. They will get up in the morning, start their day with a good attitude and prayer. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to live in this day of opportunity. Help me to make this day a productive one. John, that's talking about almost energizing. What are some ways that we can energize ourselves? Yeah, you're really right. Ambition is is in us. It is Power is in us. There, There's a power in us and there's an energy in us, but there's ways to get it out. Sometimes people don't know how to get it out of them. And uh, But there are, I listed three things that uh, would cause us to energize a person. First is one is find their, find and press their hot button. I mean, that when you stop and think about that, that's really what motivates people or energizes people. A good example of that is saying like uh, you see somebody and he's lazy and he just doesn't have no ambition. He's laying around on the couch, couch potato all the time. And, you know, he just has nothing going for him. And people say, well, that guy's really lazy. Or he has no energy. He would say, well, I'm, I'm tired and, you know, no energy. But you find his hot button and push that. Mm-hmm. There's two ways of doing that. You can you can make him mad. You can make him mad by nagging him and doing something or saying something, and all of a sudden his temper flies up, and he's got energy enough to tear the house apart. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wives are kind of good at that one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> See, the energy was there all the time, mm-hmm. but it was not energized. But that came through nagging and things sure. like that. So there was energy laying dormant there. It wasn't that he didn't have energy available. Energy was available, but it was not energized because now he pushed the hot button. Now that made him mad, though, but that's energy. Then, uh, then the other thing is you can push a hot button on on the good things. And the second one is is uh, you talk about their potential. And when you talk about a person's potential and brag on him and saying like, man, like a kid saying, "Boy, you're good playing ball, man. I want to see you play ball. I want to mm-hmm. see you dunk it. I want to sure. do that." And, and you talk about their potential, and that resurrects energy in them because now they're motivated to prove to you they are what they are, that, that they are good. And so now energy flows, you know. They may, again, they may be on a Sunday, and they may lay around and not have anything to do, and, you know, they're lazy. It seems like there's no energy there. And you say, come on, let's play, go play ball. And they resurrect, and energy is there sure. to do, and they, they play their hearts out. And the third one is is uh, uh, put a reward system together for at the end of achievements. And uh, that also energizes people. It makes them put something up because there's something that energy is there, but it needs to be, some, something needs to activate that energy to make it work. But that's, that's the key. It's oh, laying that, dormant in all of us. There's no such thing as not having energy. It's there. Uh-huh. It's just you have to find a way of getting it out. Man, I'm seeing that this principle is all about balancing then 
the opportunity that comes with the ambition or energy that it takes to fulfill it. That's right. Ambition is laying in all of us. It's dormant. It's there to be spent. It is really there to be spent. But you gotta gotta get a hold of it. I understand. Find ways of getting it to work. Opportunities are always plentiful, but they are only seen by people who are busy doing things. A wise youth makes hay while the sun shines, which tells us that he is already planning to make the hay. He's already a worker, a planner, and had ambition. He's only waiting for the weather, the sunshine. That's the opportunity. Opportunities don't necessarily come our way. We create them. No one will offer an opportunity to a lazy or unproductive person because they know they won't jump on it. So there again, opportunity seen, then ambition jumps on the opportunity. That's right. And some people say they can't see any opportunity. And the reason is because they are not energized. And once they're energized and they work and they accomplish something, then they see all types of, uh-huh. uh, of opportunities. Uh, uh, our lives become what you call self-propelled if we do it right, because energy is available. But that's the key. We have to think of energy is available in everyone. There is energy. Now, opportunity then, then, then that you have got to tie the energy mm-hmm. with that that uh, ambition right. with that opportunity, and that's where success really comes. That's that's beautiful because uh, you know opportunity is uh, you want people to take advantage of it. Favors are really earned. It's hard to favor a person who we know will not take advantage of the favor. In sports, we hear players say as an excuse, well, the ball didn't bounce our way. But others will go after the ball and make sure they will be where it's going to bounce. They create opportunities by pursuing the ball. Some will say you were lucky, but others will say, the more I practice, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I love that. (laughs) That's just a true law. It's like people people think, you know, that a lot of life is luck. Uh It's not. There may be some kind of it, but you earn you earn that position. You earn the opportunity. You earn the luck. It's because if you are a certain person, a certain character, and you have put ambition together with in the opportunity, then what happens is that you earn that, and then opportunity comes your way because you see more. So it's not a gift. It's not something that just comes to you. Uh-huh. It means that you see it. It's right beside you. It can be another person, and he can't even see it. But you can see it. He can't. My. So opportunity follows the hardworking, ambitious, responsible people who have a positive attitude. They know that things don't just happen, so they go out and make them happen. They go after the ball. They also know the value of planning and working the plan. They are wise and no time is limited and must be managed wisely. An old saying goes, if you want to get things done, ask the person who is already too busy. And that's really true. You know, a lot of times when you're in a meeting or something and you ask them, well, this needs to be done. Who can do it? And uh, it seems like some people don't jump on it. Eventually, the person that's already too busy and has already too much will volunteer to do it, saying like, well, it needs to be done. And they will find time. It's like uh, it's like a story that I've, I've always said that, that people say that they're broke. They don't have money for certain things. But really, they have money for what? They, they want. really want. That's it. They, exactly. they, they have what they really want. A person can person can say, I don't have money for furniture, but he can buy a boat. It's because uh-huh. he wanted a boat rather than furniture. You know, yes, so, yes. so that's really true. And uh, and the key here is that, that that we make things happen. Things don't just happen by themselves. They're they're made happen. People make things happen mm-hmm. by the energy and the uh, ambition that they have. Ambitious people have a productive thought pattern and see opportunities. They discover them. 
Their hardworking, productive attitude creates a need within them to plan and organize for the sake of getting things done. In order to seize the moment of opportunity, we have to do three things. Number one, John, they plan their work. That's right, because they're energetically driven, they're full of ambition because of opportunity they see in their work. Then there's a need. They they do it because they see a need for it. I have to plan now because I can't get it all done, so i got to plan. It's driven by need. Number two, they limit or measure their time. That's right, because they are concerned about getting it done. So they say, I have to have something that's measurable. And number three, they constantly evaluate themselves. That's right, because they have to know the progress that they're making because they're concerned about getting things done. So they look in the mirror or in their schedule and they evaluate themselves. How am I doing? That's critical because they're driven that way. By doing this, they find better ways, greater possibilities, and bigger opportunities, and they won't sleep away their hour of opportunity. Work to them is considered an opportunity and always available. There are always things to do for those who want to do something, and this spells opportunity for the ambitious ones. That's right. And the first one was there. They find better ways, greater possibilities, and bigger opportunities. Mm -hmm. That is what you call driven. They are driven. They are not just responding to things. They are a driven person because of their goals and their ambitions that they are tied together. They, they got into a system that works. And the other one was work is, to them, is considered an opportunity and is always available. They never run out of work. I mean, it's, it's like they're never caught up because when they take some things off of their list and accomplish them, they add others to it. So it's a constant flow, and they're driven and uh, self-propelled. Productive days make us feel good, but when we waste or sleep away the time, we feel worthless. So plan to work hard and get things done. It will pay you great dividends, which will be greater opportunities. That's right, because productivity, uh, having productivity days makes us feel good, and so it becomes a self-motivated, uh, self-propelled system within us that that person lives unto God and unto himself. He's not pushed by people. He's driven from within inside. Now, John, when you talk about heaven, that's one of the great paradigm shifts that I had. You said, we're not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp in heaven. There's going to be opportunity, and there's going to be ambitious angels as well. <laughs> I really believe that. I, I personally believe that. I, I believe that God is an organizer. God had uh, the angels before mankind ever came along, and there was a system that he had. They all have, I'm sure they all have job descriptions and things to do. John, what an exciting principle this is. A wise youth makes hay while the sun shines. But what a shame to see a lad who sleeps away his hour of opportunity. Give us some closing thoughts. Oh, yes. You know, this is really an interesting thing because ambition is a lot of time not discussed. But uh, things through my discovery that I've had is that ambition is always available. Energy is always available. It burns. It, when you use it, you have need for more, like gasoline in a car. You don't put no more gas in a car until you burn out what you have. And you don't get more energy in your body unless you burn up what you have. That's why we become lazy sometimes, because we don't burn it up. It's meant to be burned. It's meant to be used. And so we have to go after it. We have to use that. It's meant to drive us. And so the key is this, is keep yourself energized by goals and by dreams and 
and opportunities will come to you, which means it'll give you more dreams and more goals. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it works. And it's self, they finally developed this self-propelled system in a person. They're the people that are successful. And then also remember that that, uh, that uh, energy and that uh, ambition also lies dormant in many other people and try to be a motivator of that and getting that out of them. And uh, those are powerful thoughts as far as ambition goes. That does it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening and make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.